0: Block Talk Radio. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. right, let's go! On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Yeah,
1: you know, really, we're not friends anymore, really, if you want to, if you want to be technical about it. I mean, because of <laughs> the way that all that went down uh, in the NCAA tournament, Louisville and Kentucky robbing Louisville at the end of that game, like we all saw and witnessed yeah. with our, you know, it, it, we're really not friends anymore. It really did. It, that, the rivalry has kind of become bigger than the friendship.
2: Who are you? I don't know you. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Well, who, hello, who am I on with? Who, who, who am I on with?
1: Good night, good day, good, uh, good tomorrow. Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, uh, fantasy football is, is uh, alive and well, and it's only May. There are two days left in May Madness. You put your deposit down, your $200 deposit, and you get entered into the May Madness giveaways, a one-in-twenty shot at a free main event team. There's two days left.
2: That's it. Yep, got to do it. Got to do it, Scott. Uh, thank you for having me on uh, again uh, this week. Just uh, looking forward to uh, a great show, and you know, get take advantage of the uh, opportunities you can get uh, in the uh, high stakes fantasy world uh, championship. I mean, you might as well do it.
1: Yeah, it's a a lot of a lot of uh, players coming over this year for the fantasy football world championship. I expect a sellout this year. Uh, sell out 600 teams. Now that would be a monstrous, monstrous third year. Considering the, you know, we had 336 teams last year uh, for year two, and 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 look, if we could do 600 uh, with a, a couple of uh, big exposure opportunities, I think for the fantasy world in general uh, to to be exposed to the fantasy football world championships, uh, that stuff works out. I think. Uh, look, I think a sellout could happen in year three, 600 teams, a one in 600 shot and then uh look that means uh that means that's good things for the industry right i mean we've got uh the drafting go season is officially underway now, so Tuesday night will be our first live drafting go of the year
2: yeah and, and you, there's so many other things, Scott that you guys have uh, you know you've really worked hard on uh to make sure that uh the industry is good um, and not just that but your your particular uh you know the the deal that you're going through uh, with uh, FFWC to make sure that that organization is right and solid, and it's already been proven. I mean, it's one of the best. I mean, uh, expound, Scott. I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting.
0: Yeah, <coughs> <coughs> look,
1: you're speechless. I'm, you're speechless. No, the FFWC is uh, is look, it's a it's a great contest, and, and we we have a lot of fun with it. And it's the players <laughs> that make it great, right? We, we put out a couple of cool little twists, 11-man starting lineup, 13-week regular season, and the Dominator prize. For $10,000, you get to win your league. So that, those things there are the staple of the FFWC. But then, I mean, look, the weekly prizes, the, the Mirage drafting in the sports book, the, those types of things. We gave away a car in year one. We did, you know, we got all, everything combined is really made for a – we're really proud of it here, and we're proud of our players, and we're so happy that the players are continuing to support us and – and uh look there's the high stakes industry has never been in better shape you got the n f f c and you got the uh, f f p c and you got you got us the FFWC. it's, it's never been in better shape and lots of options out there and and uh hard earned sure. fantasy dollars
2: i th- i think i'm better now scott <laughs> but yeah you know, you're what was, up. what i was trying to say <laughs> but uh well it's a turn. i mean it, the, you guys have done a great job and you continue to to do a great job, and like you said, uh, there's so many options out there. Uh, but you know, you guys won an award. I mean, that was awesome, and just keep on doing that. And uh, the the bottom line is that you you get it done. You get it done the right way. And uh, but other other uh, competitions, uh, I mean, they they do that the same way. So it's just it's just having fun. It's given. It's giving people an option. It's giving people an option to play the game. And uh, there's nothing better than uh, 13, uh, players, or 13 weeks and a uh, bunch of players. <laughs> so,
1: anyway, that's the FFWC Love Fest. We get that out of the way. This is a, a good show because we are going to have Corey Parson on, the fantasy executive from Sirius XM Radio. He'll be with us tonight. And we're going to talk about – the NFL MVP and the fantasy MVP, and, you know, look, it's, it's hard to differentiate uh, the two. You know, the fantasy MVP is not always, right, your NFL MVP. Jabal Charles was arguably, without question in my mind, the fantasy MVP. You could have said Peyton Manning, right, uh, for fantasy MVP for the year, uh, and, you wouldn't, and you wouldn't have a lot of haters there, right? I mean, it, quarterback very rarely is the fantasy uh, uh, MVP, But because he did such a blistering job over the rest of the league, you could say that it was Peyton Manning. But if you look at the playoffs and when it was time when when the money counted, Jamal Charles coming through with that fifty-point game in Week 15, Mike, I don't think you could argue with either of those candidates, Peyton Manning or Jamal Charles. So let's just get the record straight for 2013. Who was your who was your uh, looking back? Who was your fantasy MVP?
2: Wow, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, no doubt about it. Uh but you can't uh, you, you can't fault either one of those plays and just talk about Scott. But uh uh my, my fantasy M V P was Jimmy Graham. Jimmy yeah, Graham he, he okay. just,
1: Is that because you owned him or because looking back at the entire landscape you think Jimmy Graham was the most valuable? Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, it's it's because I owned him. Uh looking back on the uh on the whole landscape of it all, um uh, Gosh! It wow! It 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 must be Jamal Charles. But uh, no, it, for the value and where you got him at a draft position, I would say Jimmy Graham. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy
1: Graham's a he, he was a first round pick, and you, but look, he did outscore uh, the tight ends by a significant margin last year as the number one tight end. And uh, there were some issues there where he was playing in limited duty, if you remember that, like right around week 10. Yeah. And, and, and he and he defied those odds, too, because they were saying, look, he's hurt. Uh, you know, be careful with him. And he didn't have big games, but he still contributed. And then he still came through with some big games. Uh, but he was a lock-solid fantasy pick last year, a guy that will win you games, not only score points, but win you games because he's so consistent every single year Right. At a – Had a heck of a season. 86 catches, 1,200 yards, and 16 touchdowns. That's a heck of a year for anybody. Um, He is unquestionably the number one tight end in in the game. But let's talk about Peyton Manning for a second. The man scored so many points, 486 fantasy points. Your second quarterback, Drew Brees, scored 425. Now, that's quite a spread. Now, number three... Mike, drops all the way down to little-known Andy Dalton at 357 points. So, without Breeze in the discussion, Peyton is 130 points better than the next best quarterback. That is an unbelievable season. I would I would have to say that Peyton Manning may get the nod for fantasy MVP as a quarterback, and that usually doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, you know what? That doesn't, but uh, he deserves it. I mean, he, he set in the situation. Of course, he had a lot of uh, – Contributors with him uh, that you know that helped out quite a bit, but uh, bottom line is, I mean, he, did. he showed up, put up the points, put up the points big time. You could rely, you could rely on him every week. And I wonder if any of those owners that had Peyton Manning were ever looking over his shoulder, thinking, "Oh wow, is he going to is he going to go down this week? Is he going to go down?" I guarantee yeah. you, none of them weren't.
1: You know, the other the other guy that sticks out in my mind was Josh Gordon, because, look, there were a lot of good wide receivers last year, Demarius Thomas, Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, Brandon Marshall, uh, Calvin Johnson. All those guys scored over 300 fantasy points, right? Uh, Dez was right there at 294, Alshon right. Jeffrey at 285. I mean, there's eight Alshon. guys right there that are that are all neck and neck for the number one spot, right? Alshon Jeffrey, by the way, only 34 points separated him and Demarius Thomas, who was number one. so. Nobody can sit here and tell you who's going to be number one wide receiver this year. It could be Alshon Jeffrey. I don't care if Marshall's on the team or not. He was not that far away from being number one, and it was only his second year. And I expect better things from Cutler and company this year. So, but my point about Josh Gordon is where you drafted him, Jeffrey as well, but where you drafted him is much lower than those guys like Demarius and Antonio Brown and A.J. Green and Brandon and Calvin Johnson, right? You had to spend a first or second round pick for those guys and Josh Gordon, yeah. most people were getting somewhere between the 6th and 10th round, the 6th and ninth round, because he had to serve that suspension right off the bat. And he still – he was the number three receiver. He was And he good. still missed – yeah, and he, and he missed the first two games due to suspension. So unbelievable season, right. by Gordon. He could be a – he's a candidate for last year's fantasy MVP. Uh, Henry Muccio yep. in the chat room, he says Jamal Charles never had a game below 15 points. Oh, one, game, one game at 10 points. He's corrected. Corrected himself. Well, um, and one yeah. and
2: one 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 thing that you got to think about, just what uh, Henry was talking about, is uh, who was your most com- consistent guy that you could rely on to get twenty plus points a week. Uh, Jamal Charles, you got to put him in that list, uh, but Josh Gordon as well. Uh, yeah, you know, quarterback uh, for sure. I mean, you know, it's that that's a tough call.
1: I don't think there's any I don't think there's any debate that Josh Gordon and Alshon Jeffery would be the leading two candidates for yep. fantasy wide receiver MVP. Right, top wide receiver fantasy MVP because of where you drafted them, you got outstanding value. You got wide receiver one talent uh, much later in the draft than you had to pay for all those other guys. Uh, you know, even Julian Edelman. Look, he's kind of up there. But it wasn't the level yeah. of season that Gordon yeah. uh, or, or Jeffrey provided. Now, at the running back position, we talked about Jamal Charles. Uh, but, look, Charles Forte, McCoy, all at the top. No Sean Moreno at four. There's one of your candidates for fantasy MVP overall, Mike, because where you drafted no Sean Moreno, some leagues – now, look, here's, here's the beauty of the, this fantasy yeah, uh, season, right? In May and June, nobody's drafting Noshaw Moreno. It's all Hillman and Ball. And then there's a couple of rumors. It starts creeping up, like, late in the season, after the preseason. You know, the preseason's going on, and and you're not seeing much out of Ball or Hillman. And then there starts to be some rumors creeping up. I think we're in the Kentucky drafts. And somebody's like, you better – the the word on the street is that Moreno's going to get some first-team – you know, is getting first-team snaps again. And everybody's like, what? And then all of a sudden, Moreno starts getting drafted somewhere between the tenth and fifteenth round, right? In Kentucky, do you remember these leagues? He started being yep. drafted, and then by the time we got to Vegas, it was happening. It's happening, Moreno. The word is out, right? And that he's going to creep up there, but he still was not being drafted like he was. He was being drafted as, hey, it's a maybe, it's a flyer take a flyer on a guy, late round late round guy. But in the, in the in the in the summer you would have never drafted him right now. Number 4 running back overall Mike and you could have you you got him for a song in the draft.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny how the uh how everything uh evolves. Um talking about the uh the MVP's uh right now uh Jeffrey Charles and uh Josh Gordon, let's face it. The last 2 months of the year in Real fantasy football points situations. Jeffrey, Gordon, and Charles were there. They were there for you. If you had them on your team, you can you can always rely on uh, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Jamal Charles, and uh, Josh Gordon. They were there for you. They. I mean, I'm not talking about September, October. I'm talking about in the meat of November, and early December. They were right there for you. So uh these guys uh th- those are my three on my uh MVP as far as uh, fantasy MVP is uh, Alshon Jeffrey, uh Jamal Charles and Josh Gordon.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think the list for 2013, I'm going to finalize it. There there's only there's only six candidates here. Peyton, Charles, Sean Moreno, Josh Gordon, Alshon Jeffrey, and Jimmy Graham. I'll go ahead and throw him in. I think those are your six your six candidates for 2013 and and really yeah. that's a great poll, but I would I would love yeah. to find out what, what everybody – but you can't really go wrong or, or you know with any of those guys, yeah. they were very valuable. Who was the most valuable? Gosh, that Charles 50-point game, man. I'm telling you that it, when you're splitting hairs, who brings home the money? Who brings home the money and Jamal Charles man. brought home the money for countless world champion uh you know leagues in in every league jamal charles owner if he was in the playoffs and you know and he was there in that three-week stretch you can't beat that you can't beat 50 points i mean it's just too yeah yeah, and i'm saying and i'm saying 50 i should be saying 60 yeah henry in the chat room 59.5 that's right it was a 60 point week let's just call it a 60 it was not a 50 mm -hmm. burger it was a 60 burger really i mean that's unbelievable uh Great season by him. But let's look forward now, Mike. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, and the fantasy executive, Corey Parson's is going to be joining us uh, to have this discussion as well. 2014, we want to talk about NFL MVP and fantasy MVP. Now, when you talk about NFL MVP, Mike, I had a list, and it's actually got 16 names on it. I kid you not, 16 names on it. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to run this list by you in America right now. By the way, we're not playing America's right. Funnest uh, Newest Game Show tonight. I guess uh, we have the uh, secret word. Damn! Uh, maybe we, yeah, we're, we're we, Damn. We, we can we can do it. We, we, we can play the secret <laughs> word. You want you want to play? All right, here we go. Sure. We're gonna we're, we're gonna play. Here we go. Go ahead, sit the phone up. All, right. All right. All right. The secret word is sleeper. Every time, Mike says that word, uh, you got to take a sip. Take a sip. At home, America. Mike, are you back? Mike,
2: are you back? Hello? Hello? Okay, there we go. All
1: right, Mike. America at home knows the secret word. Every time you say that secret word, they will join you in taking a sip. Uh, back to the NFL uh, discussion. NFL MVP. We came up with 16 names. And uh, so, you know, you can write these down with Mike, uh, and we're going to talk about the – these are the only 16 that I have for NFL MVP, okay? These are the only, are the only names All that right. I think could could do it. Now, we could talk about That's fantasy right. MVP, too. We could talk about fantasy MVP, but I think the list starts with this list. Are you ready? Andrew yeah, good. Luck. Good. Okay. Andrew Luck, RG3, Peyton Manning. Russell Wilson, dominated by quarterbacks so far, Calvin Johnson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Rob Gronkowski, fully healthy, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, I put Giovanni Bernard just because he's so damn explosive, Jimmy Graham, Colin Kaepernick, Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, and Adrian Peterson. Now, that actually, I could see that doubling as a fantasy MVP discussion too. Fantasy MVP or NFL MVP, it's going to come from this list right here. Is there anybody in your mind that I left off the list that I should have included on the list?
2: Not that I can think of. No.
1: Like Jay Cutler? What about, um, you know, something crazy and off the wall like that? You know, maybe a, or, or a Matt Forte or a Marshawn Lynch? Uh, an Eddie Lacy, you know any of these guys? I mean, do they have to get into that group to get Eddie into that Lacy group that I just get, mentioned?
2: Eddie Lacy, okay. he could get into that group quick.
1: So let's let, let's let's try to dissect this. Uh, let, let's let's make the case. Andrew Luck, yep. right? I mean, look, we saw what he did at the end of the season in the playoffs. He put the team on his back and single-handedly brought the Colts back to life against that game against the Chiefs, right? Yep. If he yep. plays like that, and the connection of he and Hilton, by the way, I absolutely love T.Y. Hilton this year, and I think he's being underdrafted. Uh, look, mm. you have the injury to Reggie Wayne. Uh, you, you have Hockey uh, Nix came in. But you're talking about uh, T.Y. Hilton, the way he looked – in uh, in that game, if he can continue that type of play, now not every game, right? But if he can continue with that level of play, that speed is hard to keep up with. I think Andrew Luck has to be part of the MVP discussion because of the what we saw in the playoffs.
2: Yes, I I, I totally agree with that, Scott. Uh, he does have to be in in part of the discussion, but uh, it's going to be tough to uh, it's going to be tough to beat out Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, you know, I, I I just think he's that yeah, much the best uh, quarterback. But when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at the quarterbacks, I mean, after uh, Rodgers, Luck, uh, Breeze, then what? Cam Newton, Peyton. I mean, does Peyton Manning turn fifty? When, when does he turn fifty? I don't know. But uh, I you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of confused here.
1: Okay, well, l- l- let me try to unconfuse it. Uh, Peyton Manning, according to our uh, our research staff here, is thirty eight years old, um, so he still has uh, a little bit of a ways to go. Um,
2: I didn't I know I had one weapon. year.
1: I didn't know I had one year on Peyton. That's kind of crazy, man. Uh, <laughs> um Okay, uh, when we talk about Andrew Luck. He's being drafted at, as quarterback four in the yep. fourth round, in the fourth round, in, uh, according to the My Fantasy League ADP that we, that we p- publish here. Now, if I go to the high-stakes ADP, I'm sure that's going to be later. Let's go to the high-stakes ADP and see the difference between the regular drafters and the high-stakes drafters. Is yeah, that around, picked Rod? Se- it's pick 76. 8-3. It's, seven, it's 70, pick 76 here, so it is still quarterback four. But it okay. happens much later at the FFWC, right? Uh, six, It's 7-2, uh, 7-2. Seven, two. Seven, two. So then we talk about RG3. RG3, the, the one we saw in his rookie year, could be the NFL MVP. The one we saw in his second year, obviously, uh, coming off of the injury, not very mobile, may not have the ju- you know – didn't have the juice to be a, a fantasy or NFL MVP or otherwise, right? But here is why I put RG3 on the list, uh, not to mention what we, what we saw in year one. Here's why. I have – he has – we brought in to Sean Jackson, right? He brought in to Sean Jackson. He so has yep. Garcon and D-J. jack That means that's two top 20 wide receivers, right? Two top mm-hmm. 20 wide receivers and, ready, what we consider a top five tight end in Jordan Reed. If Jordan Reed is healthy, he's a top five tight end. Now, he's the, he's the ultimate uh, job at best scare, right? One more concussion, this guy could be set out for his career. I love him in redraft. I don't like him so much in dynasty because eventually the hit is going to happen and the kid's going to be done. He had two concussions in college. He had one last year, and apparently what we're hearing due to the, you know, the, the Jordan Reed story that we're hearing is that he, was, he dealt with that concussion for two months last year, had symptoms, concussion symptoms for two months. And then they eventually went away. But he had two concussions in college. It's very scary to own a player like that because we know the job at best was one of the great fantasy coming, running backs going to you know, explode onto the league. But the concussions, he could never knock. He had a baby skull. Jordan Reed, I think he has a baby skull. And I like him for redraft. There is risk there. But I don't like him for dynasty. I would sell him in dynasty as soon as he has a big blow-up game, uh, a couple of games. Sell him because the, he is great when he plays but he's going to have a very short career. I think, I think that's kind of where we're coming from. But here's my point on RG3, and then I'll let you, let you chime in. No other quarterback, no other quarterback, and I've looked at them all here, no other quarterback has, uh, other than Peyton Manning, right, can claim that they have two top 20 wide receivers and a top five tight end. That's it. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty hard not to have a pretty damn good year as a quarterback with two top twenty wide receivers and a top five tight end. It's pretty hard to have a bad year, so that's why RG three well, is in, in this list.
2: Yeah, and, and I agree. I agree with what you're saying. To a point Scott, uh, you know, you kind of rolling the dice. Still, you're still rolling the dice uh, with RG three. Uh, he's got a, another great uh, wide receiver with D Jackson. I guarantee you this This connection is gonna be fun, a great tight end uh however, however, I'm just really concerned about r g three and what he wants to try to do on his own as far as running the ball i hope he I hope he got the clue last year that look man, I can't do that, but uh is his arm that good i mean let's let's face it uh DVs and uh every secondary is catching up to this. So, uh, you know, I, I just don't know if he's that good to get it done.
1: Uh, okay, so there we go. So, uh, again, uh, look it up, and I want you to tell me if there's another white quarterback out there that, um, that you tough. think fits it the
2: was... bill. I mean, look,
1: Calvin.
0: Uh, Nick Safran Foles.
2: Calvin. Who? Nick Foles. I'd take Nick Foles over RG3 right now.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, he spreads it around a lot, right? I mean, he, he's definitely going to spread it around a lot. Um, he's not on the he, – he didn't make my list. I did think about him. I did think about him. Let's move on to Cam Newton. Now, this is a guy. The reason why he's on this like list. Him. The reason why he's on this list is because he's Cam Newton. Uh, he's Superman on the field. He's got to put this team on his back, right? It is—it it is, it is him against the world because of you know he didn't doesn't have yep. any Steve Smith gone. He's got Greg Olson out sure. there. He doesn't have the supporting cast like Manning or even Dalton. Uh, and he's not the type of quarterback that can pass for 5,000 yards like Drew Brees. But this is a team that was in the NFC championship game. And you bring in a playmaker like Kelvin Benjamin, you know, and a cast of veteran wide receivers, and you've got the steady Greg Olson, right? Uh it's, it's going to be interesting to yep. see what Cam Newton can do with this. Is he going to flop? Or he could, again, he has that upside where, you know, he could well, be this year's sleeper quarterback. As, as strange as it sounds, with where he's being drafted, he could be this year's sleeper quarterback.
2: Hey, you know, Scott, he's being drafted pretty high. And, uh, you know, the organization, they got rid of those uh, wide receivers for a reason, including Steve Smith. And that hurt the Carolina organization but they got rid of those guys for a reason and well they drafted a couple more and uh so I think uh I think they're leaning on Cam to be you know quite a leader for that team I mean a real leader and uh this is going to be an opportunity for him to uh say hey you know let's step up uh I I really don't know how they look on the defensive side of the ball but uh Carolina has, you know, they have some opportunities because I think Cam can lead if he wants to.
1: It really, really, really really did catch fire last year. And as our fine author uh, and writer uh, analyst here at FF Toolbox, Matt Delima points out, he said uh, they were a good team in spite of their offense, not because of it last year. But he says this, one key stretch for this team will come from weeks 5 to 10 for Cam Newton. And in those six games, Carolina plays Chicago, at Cincy, at Green Bay, Seattle, and New Orleans on Thursday night football, and finally at Philadelphia for Monday night football, okay? If the Panthers can enter week five undefeated and then somehow finish that unbelievable stretch with a big win over the Eagles on a national stage, the hype for Newton could be something special. Football fans love winners and everybody knows that he's good. He's entering what Matt says the prime of his career. The question ahead is how great can he become? There is a it would be a fascinating story if Cam were to do. Huh. Now, he has not been on he's not been a guy that I've been enamored with this year and I've let him fall too. I've let him I've let him fall too. Uh but again, you know, maybe just maybe that these other receivers that they've brought in, let's say Kelvin Benjamin. I'm hearing that He's already ahead of where Steve Smith was in his career, so it might be better than last year.
2: Yeah, you never know,
1: mean, Maybe we're making too much of a thing over the name of the receivers, you know? Steve Smith, Brandon LaFell, really? You're telling me we can't do better than an old Steve Smith and a Brandon LaFell? I think they probably can. They probably improve.
2: That's what, exactly. That That's exactly what they're doing. And, uh, you know, and Cam Newton, uh, I guarantee you, he's fine with that. Well, at first he's probably thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm losing everything. Well, no, no, you're bringing in some young guys that can uh, work with the system and uh, get things rolling. So, uh, you know, I, I put Cam Newton up pretty high. I, I don't know if I put him ahead of uh, – Matt Stafford, that'd be a good. Hmm. Matt Stafford, Cam Newton, interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it is. It's food for thought. Okay, let's let's keep going on the list here. Uh, obviously, Peyton Manning still has to be in the discussion. Look, you lose, uh, you lose Eric Decker, but you replace him with an Emmanuel Sanders, and I don't think. And, and you also bring in the the rookie from Indiana, Latimore or, or Latimer, right? So, yep. Very. They they reloaded. They, and they reloaded on defense, too. And so that's going to be a, a team that's going to scare everybody. Russell Wilson is on the list. Because he, what, what a fantastic – look, NFL MVP, Russell Wilson could be the guy. It's a, it, just his second year, look what he did, right? Um, and he led uh-huh. the team. He he is not only uh, a leader on the field but off of it as well. You hear all good things about this guy. And he, yeah. he really shows up on the field. And, and, boy, did they get a gem in Russell Wilson – Uh, Calvin Johnson is on this list. Now he would have, if Golden Tate is there on that side of the field, does it make things easier for Calvin? I'm not so sure it does. It makes things easier for Stafford, but I don't think any team in the league is going to automatically say, well, you can't double Calvin. Sure. You are. You're going to double him. You're always going to double Calvin. period. So it makes things a little easier for Stafford, but I don't think things change much for Calvin and Calvin is what Calvin is. He, he is the,
0: He's
1: he, no, always the best wide receiver in the league, but not always the best fantasy wide receiver. Not always the best fantasy wide receiver. No. And he is prone to missing a couple games. I mean, he missed a couple games last year, and he had, um, he had one big, huge game, didn't he? Didn't he have like a 52-point um, yeah, game week eight against yep. Dallas, 329 yards receiving, 14 catches. What a, I remember that game. That was such a special game.
2: If you you had to go on – well, Scott, if you had to go on 13 weeks, Calvin Johnson, A.J. Green, Des Wright, and if you were throwing those three names at you and said, okay, you got 13 weeks, every single one of them are expected to play each week, who would you go with?
1: Well, you know, that's uh, – and, again, you know, these guys defy the strength of schedule uh, tools that we have, right? They, are, they aren't about – there is no uh, gaming for these guys. You can game plan all you want, but it's not going to prevent them from putting up uh, a 30-burger or a 40- or a 50-burger on you. So right. that, is, that, that is just the reality of the situation. Uh, okay, let's, let's keep going on the list here. Uh, Tom Brady. I have Tom Brady on the list. And, and, look, you can never discount this guy as soon as – no. As soon as you do, he'll he'll burn you. So, Tom Brady is on the list. And and look, if he has Gronkowski, he can do a lot. Without Gronkowski, he has to really pull that team up by the bootstraps and just do whatever he can to gut out a win. Right? I mean, they got it without the Gronk. It's a different team. And look, they had Danny Amendola and Edelman. And I still don't know who the receivers are for this team. I still don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. About. So they're they're kind of a mess. They have a backfield that looks a little bit – I mean, they got rid of LeGarrette Blunt, and now it's Stephen Ridley and Shane Vereen. And, by the way, don't sleep on this rookie, James White, from Wisconsin. He's built in the same mold as Shane Vereen, better inside runner than Vereen, and he's a lot more durable than Vereen. I just picked him up in my FFPC Dynasty uh, in the fifth round, 5'10", 5'8", something like that. Nice handcuffed backup there for Shane Vereen, James White. Good good player. Uh, let's move on. Aaron Rodgers. Tell me about Aaron Rodgers.
2: Uh, well, I was going to say real quick about uh, Tom Brady. This is uh, the first year that I'm honestly down big time on Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers can't go wrong. I mean, he's got healthy weapons coming back. Uh, Randall Cobb's coming back. Jordan Nelson's going to be nice. And when you got Eddie Lacy running, running behind you, This team is prepared to win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. This team is prepared to win the Super Bowl. He's got all the weapons he needs. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a huge year.
1: Well, that's why Aaron Rodgers is on the list. You know, uh, look, you've got Jordy Nelson. You have uh, Eddie Lacy in the backfield. You have Randall Cobb. You got rid of James Jones, but, um, you know, you replaced him with a uh with a with a superstar kid Devontae Adams and then you have um you have the kid who was the kid last year that played so well down the stretch with the injuries uh the wide receiver I'm drawing a blank somebody in the chat room is going to have to help me with that um one. uh but Boykin there you go thank you very much kicking back in the chat room uh, Jared, Jared Boykin. Boykin Jared Boykin yeah, and he looked I mean, he looked great last year but now you have got Devontae Adams I think a year for Boykin and then it's you know but I think, uh, look, the, the other thing we're, we, we forgot to talk about Rodgers is the tight end. He needs that tight end. And Jermichael Finley, uh, I guess he's been cleared, uh, and that's what they've been kind of waiting on. But we're, they also have this uh, – and he's a, you know they've got to re-sign him if they don't. I, I know that Seattle was thinking about re-signing him, but they didn't. So uh, like Finley's just kind of hanging in limbo there. And then you have this yeah. Lyurla. like Lyerla? Is that how you say it? Lyurla? The legendary Cokehead, right uh, out of college. Oh,
2: and, and whoa, 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 whoa! Now this guy, I've heard good things about him.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah,
2: he's a dynasty stash
1: right now. You stash him away, yeah. and he, you know you, you might have gold here, but you might have the the Cokehead that we've known to hate for the last several years. So it's not, um, you know, it, 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 you, a lot yeah. of that pick comes with a lot of risk, but a definite uh, definite sleeper. Uh, let's move on. So Aaron oh, Rodgers is oh. always part of the discussion. I have Rob Gronkowski on the list. Look, if Rob Gronkowski plays 16 games, there's little doubt that he's not the best player, you know, one of the best offensive player on the field. The question is, you yeah. know, we're going to be on Gronk. We're on Gronk watch again. We're on Gronk watch all the way up until the season starts probably. We're not going to know. We're just not going to know. Everybody that drafts him is drafting him on the upside, right, that he presents, but not but knowing that you might get nothing from him, right? I mean, it's very tough.
2: Yeah, it's, it's pretty tough to uh... – Pretty tough to go with Gronk right now. But then again, I mean, he, he's the only game in town. And if uh, if uh, Belichick says he's fine, he's good, go with him, then uh, go with him. I mean, you know, is he going to uh, participate in OTAs? I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll, we should know before, uh, before we go to Vegas and find out if he's going to be fine or not.
1: Uh, I put Drew Brees on this list, obviously. That's a no-brainer, right? Drew Brees uh, can single-handedly yep. put, people, put the team on his back and carry him. I, I do worry about uh, Marquez Colston not really being living up to the number one receiver role that he has in years past. They did bring in some excellent, uh, an excellent player in Brandon Cooks, who I think will contribute right away in being a special type of playmaker. You do lose Darren Sproles. And are you really ready to replace that uh, with Kerry Robinson? I mean, Kerry Robinson and Mark Ingram and Pierre Thomas. I mean, look, Pierre's going to get a shot. Pierre, Pierre will get his shot right. this year, right? Uh, but yeah. I don't really know if – you can't replace Darren Foles. Let's bring in the uh, fantasy executive. I think it's time he has arrived. And uh, Corey Parson from SiriusXM. Uh, good evening, my man. What's the deal,
2: Scott? What's going on, fellas? Hey, Corey, what's going on, Bob? Michael Trent, you my favorite guy. You know that? you the man. You are the man. You bring in the insight. You bring in the insight that we love and just keep on doing it, man.
3: Oh, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm being
1: serious. I'm being serious. Mike does. It Mike, lays on the, Mike lays on the compliment pretty, pretty thick here on Red Versus Blue. We're, we're talking about the fantasy MVP, the NFL MVP discussions, Corey, and we've got a list of names here. Uh, we've, we've been rattling them off, but you know the names. They're the familiar names. The quarterbacks are here, Peyton, uh, DeBreeze, Rogers, Brady. We added RG3. We we had a discussion about him. Added Andrew Luck. We even have Cam Newton on the list who may be able to put oh the team on his back. Uh, and he's a sleeper quarterback now this year, right? Uh, Kaepernick is on the list. Then we've got the running backs, Jamal Charles, McCoy, and Peterson. I even threw Geo on there because he's so explosive to discuss. And we've got Calvin, Jimmy Graham, and the Gronk, and that's about it. That's your that's from that list. there there's going to be a. Fan. Did I leave anybody off?
3: I don't really think nobody was left off the list. Sounds about right. of like the same guys that I was going to talk about today, when we talked about this topic. You got to excuse me, my daughter's a little bit off the chain right now. But the bottom line is, I think when you look at it, if you look at it position by position, definitely at the quarterback. You mean really? I hate to say it, but you got to go with Peyton Manning. The schedule looks a little bit tougher this season from what I've seen going up against that NFC West and all those tough defenses out there. Uh, but I still think the best player on would probably be the best team throughout the course of the regular season. So Manning's the guy, you know, they don't really lose much with um with No Moreno going over to Miami. So still got all the top targets, still in, you know, a good quarterback, even up in up in up in this stage of his career, I still think he's the top player in the game, the most prepared. Um, fantasy-wise, hey, he's going to put up the numbers. It may not be as good as last year. Of course, last year was a historic season, but still, look for him to be solid. As far as the running back and probably the top guy, I think overall, I still think it's going to be Jamal Charles. and oh no, running backs don't repeat as number one. As long as he stays healthy, the they rely, they run that entire offense through Jamal Charles. And when you're running your entire offense through a player like that that gets that many touches, he's that dynamic. He's the guy you want on your fantasy football team. Him and Jamal and Charles are kind of in the same boat, but I would take Charles a little higher over Jamal, I mean, over, over McCoy, excuse me. But I really think that uh, that's the top guy overall. And, of course, Calvin is just Calvin. He's the man. I have this theory. I want to see what you guys think about this. If you don't draft one of the running backs in McCoy or Charles at one overall, the only other guy you can draft is Calvin. Is that correct?
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, Calvin is the yep. uh, is the probably the safest pick, right? But besides Jimmy Graham, it's Calvin and Graham. They're the they're the two safest picks of the first round. You don't have any worries, and it's a skill position player. Yeah, exactly.
3: So, I mean, if if you like to stick with the running back, and, and you know, at, at, at the number one overall, then it's either McCoy, he's either shady or Charles. Or you can put Peterson in that mix. North Turner back in there. You know what North Turner does with these running backs? You know, I kind of I like to I like to go with the more younger running back all the time. And Shady and Charles bring that to the table. But if you're a guy that's going to go with the wide receiver first, I just, I, if you with the wide receiver first, then you have to, then you have to consider uh, the only guy that you really consider is, is Calvin Johnson. So that's how I look at it. But you guys were talking about Pierre Thomas. And we had a debate, a discussion on the show, Roto Experts in the morning the other day. And Scott more or less was like, he doesn't trust Pierre Thomas. Pierre Thomas is not this. He's not that. And I'm like, Pierre Thomas finished, what, 16th and running back in the PPR last year?
0: Mm-hmm. 77
3: catches? Come on, man. You can't sneeze at that. I think Pierre Thomas is the guy. People say, oh, well, you got so many more different pieces in that offense. This offense is just about the same except Sproles is going. Sproles got 70 catches last year, too. Now all that work, Kyrie Robinson, those guys, I mean, they're going to take a piece, Brandon Cooks, obviously. But, man, Pierre Thomas is the guy I'm seeing going yep. in the fifth round of draft right now. I love him this year. I take him as an RB, 2 and, and, and rack up.
1: Well, look, yeah, you're exactly right. And, Mike, I'll turn this one over to you, too. Uh, and and kicking Bass in the chat room says, Thomas, PPR goal with Sproles. I totally agree with you. 77 catches. Usually when you catch 50 balls you, and you're a starting running back in the league, That we've always said you're a top-10 running back. And, and and he didn't get the carries. Now, he didn't do much with the carries in between the tackles, right? three three 3.7 no. yards a carry, 147 yards. He has to really assume the Darren Sproles role, right? No, he has to kind of assume the Darren Sproles role and let Kerry Robinson – and Mark Ingram be the in between the tackles guy because he's not that effective uh, in in between. That's what we've seen. But no, I, I like that pick. That's a that's a nice pick. Now getting back to Charles. Oh, Mike. First of all, go ahead. You you talk about Pierre Thomas, Mike. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, you know I you know I see Pierre Thomas being uh, being solid, uh, but I'm looking at uh, the first two picks, uh, and uh, you know from running back McCoy Charles. Uh, but man, I mean Eddie Lacy. Gio Bernard. Le'Veon Bell. I'm I'm so excited about Le'Veon Bell and Gio Bernard right now. I really am. Uh Doug Martin, not too much. But uh you know, it's 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 gonna be fun. So I, I really don't think that uh you know, I, I don't think that uh, McCoy and Charles have separated themselves from the field from really? Lacey, Bernard and Bell like you like you think they may have. I don't well,
1: Here's the one thing that I would say that there are questions about every kick in the first round. Every running back in the first round, I can come up with some questions. And, and, and I was talking to uh, our good friend, Robert Wallace. He said the exact same thing the other day when I talked to him. He's like, I got questions. I like, I do too. But if you look at Jamal Charles, they, the offensive line, I don't, I don't question Charles. I question the offensive line, Corey. They lost Brandon Albert. They lost Jeff Schwartz. They lost John Asamoah, right? They lost all those guys. That's a big not, area world- of need for the offensive line. No,
3: and that, and that, and that is tough right there. Those losses right there are tough, but I still think they were able to retool pretty decently. Not going to be as strong as it was last year, but Charles is just so dynamic in this, in open space with the ball in the hands. He's not a guy that needs. He's not a volume running back. He can get 18 touches, and you would be like, oh my goodness, this guy went crazy for me. As far as those other running, as far as what you're saying, as far as the other guys not, you know, really separating themselves, separating themselves from from um, Charles and McCoy, not really separating themselves. You know what? That's an interesting theory. I like Lacey a lot because the offense he's attached to, he's going to get the ball on the goal line a lot. We saw what he could do in the passing game last year. Not to mention the fact people always talk about his durability. I mean, he missed one game when that headhunter, head Brandon Merriweather, caused him to get a concussion. Yeah. I don't see durability as being a problem with him. And Le'Veon Bell, listen, I think that guy's going to be the 2014 breakout player, to be honest with you. I Number one, at number one overall, I still got to go with either Cedric or all. It, it, I think those two guys are more guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I like yeah, the young I, running back, and I didn't mention Gio Bernard's name in that. Listen, I like Gio a lot too, but you, you know what? I, I don't think i bought all the way in yet on Gio. Maybe in the maybe get closer. We get closer to the time we sit down in Vegas at the main event yeah. table at the Mirage. Yeah. Maybe then I'm going to change on Gio. But yeah. I mean, that's what we do. Maybe by then I'd have changed on Gio, but right now, for some odd reason, I can't really put a finger on it. I'm just not feeling it with Bernard yet.
2: Okay, yeah. okay, okay, Corey. If I'm sitting next to you, I'm in front of uh-huh. you, or uh, I'm are you right next to you, or to the to let's
3: the say, Let's right say you let anyway. Let's say I'm six. And, let's say you I'm set, I'm six and you seven.
2: Okay, Geo <laughs> and Le'Veon. You're going to take Le'Veon. I'm going to take Le'Veon. I'm going to take Gio. Right there at seven. Yep. Okay. Man, one, if I was
3: sitting <laughs> so at six, four. I was going so to take say we, Gio. Let's say we three and four. Only people off the board of are Shady and Charles. At three, I'm going Forte. What are you doing at four? I'm
2: going to Eddie Lacy. Lacey. Oh, wow. Okay. Not scared are oh, you, Mike? Not scared.
1: <laughs> now, look. Uh,
2: <laughs> hey, look
1: Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy Hill was brought in for a reason to be the banger. That's the only thing. You're you're a you're a you're a, you're a one one a back there situation. But Geo can carry the load. I think they uh, they, they do have this uh, this this in mind to make this more of a running team and take it out of the air. Now with the offensive uh, coordinator changes and coaching changes, so I think the Geo has a great opportunity. And we just saw one year from him, dude. I mean, as a rookie. As a rookie, he was spectacular. So let's give him, the, let's give him a shot and see what, see what he can do with it. Now, I I do like to utilize strength of schedule a little bit. Just You mentioned that earlier. Uh, and, and when you look at the strength of schedule, Eddie Lacey has a very favorable schedule this year in the playoffs, second easiest schedule of any team in the league. Uh, Dallas number one, Green Bay number two. Now, again, we don't know if the defenses are going to hold up from last year. Every defense has flipped that, wildly. That's You've got to be very careful with strength of schedule, but uh, it is a tool that I, uh, that I do reference. I also like this. Week 16, I'm always dreaming I'm the world champion, right? And in week 16, Denver takes on Cincinnati in the, in the Monday night game. Denver-Cincinnati at Cincy. That's a game. If you have Giovanni Bernard, you could be the fantasy football world champion with that game and that guy.
3: That's true, too. That, you make an excellent point with that. You make an excellent point with that, but you never know. Yeah. You got to play the game well, the thing hey, man, about anyway. strength, that's, that's the thing about strength and schedule. You never know what happens throughout the course of the season. I'm starting to utilize strength and schedule more because I'm playing for week 16 more. You know what I'm saying? I, I, one thing about me, I realized last year, you know what, I can play for week 16. I'm going to be there 14 to 15. I tell you that much. So, I, you know, I'm going I'm to utilize strength and schedule more. But it's still, you know, the conservative side of me still says, you know, what? it's a crap shoot you got to get there.
1: But
2: what there, you be, you what
1: there, what's wrong with Matt Forte as the uh, number the number two or number three pick? I mean, look, McCoy has nothing. Scrolls in the in this team now, and so I think to me it kind of does knock him down just a just a hair. I could make a I could make a case for Matt Forte at number two. I could make a case for Matt Forte at number two because there's nothing not to like about Matt Forte right now. You saw the year that he had. He was the number two running back last year. And the team is getting better, by all accounts. The team is – the offense is really rounding into form here. And he did it on 289 carries, 74 receptions. The guy does it all. So I I, I can make a case for Matt Forte that he is not hurt by anything. If I'm looking at all the backs, I don't think he's hurt by anything. Like McCoy could be hurt by Darren Sproles. If McCoy has a slight injury of anything, you know what you're going to do? You're going to say, let's let Darren Sproles let, let hang. Let, he'll take care of us. He'll, he'll send us home. And, and we'll be over there on the bench. Well, you don't have that luxury in Chicago.
2: Well, let, let me throw this out to uh, Corey. Would you rather have Matt Forte or DeMarco Murray? Oh, let me tell you something.
3: <laughs> Hold on. Oh, wait a minute, now. You're going to my wheelhouse right now. Yo, That's DeMarco Murray, when he came, the way he showed up, down the stretch last season was unbelievable. That yeah. guy right there, if he plays 16, he's going to have a big year. He's going to have a big year, that Cowboy offense. They're going to be playing from behind. Scott Linehan catching balls out the backfield, a contract season. Health has always been an issue, though. And one thing about players that have injuries to their lower extremities, to their legs, they seem to keep getting them. That's the only thing that scares me off of Murray. I think Murray. Let me tell you something, if you're a gambling man. Murray's a first rounder. He could be a top five guy. Murray can have a real, real big year this year. I like him a lot. The injuries scare people off, though. But if you want to be playing for, for the whole thing, if you're trying to play for 150k, and you, you then, go then, then, it. then Demarco Murray's the guy you need, you need to play for. And Demarco yeah. Murray's the guy you need to go after. Now I will I still will take. I still will take Forte strictly because of of injuries. But you know what? Forte has had high ankle sprains a lot, too. Now, he played 16 last year. That's why the numbers were so impressive. Does he play 16 again this year?
2: Don't know. Doubt
3: So I would take Forte just because I think the injury risk is there. And I'm telling you, in the drafts I've done, like I said, you don't know what's going to happen in early September. You don't know what's going to happen when you're at the Mirage and and the draft mates are out there and, you know what I'm saying, you got a couple of bears and 11 of your best friends. You don't know what's going to happen that day. It could change. The whole thing could slip upside down by then. But right now I'm seeing Murray in the late second. If you can start a draft with Antonio Brown and and DeMarco Murray – I'm ready to go, just like that. If you can get, if they let him slip to the late second, I'm telling you, I've done a lot of drafts. I've seen some weird stuff so far. Murray in the late second, Alfred Morris in the middle of the third. Really? I'm
1: not. <laughs> it, it, I'm, not I'm not, I'm not, the feeling, I'm not feeling the Alfred Morris love. I'm not feeling the Alfred. Oh, you
3: don't like Alfred Morris? Why? Because he don't catch no passes?
1: He don't catch no passes. That's right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know he's attached to a big time offense this year Just like Eddie Lacy Going to be attached to a big time offense this year Excellent, re-
1: excellent. red
3: zone runner Durability is not an issue whatsoever L- Lacy catch catches passes.
1: ball Lacy catches That's ball
2: true. That's true
3: That's true he, 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 he does it all uh, But Scott really middle of the thirds Just because he don't catch passes
1: Yeah Yeah <laughs> yeah, not, not the guy. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather have I'd rather, I'd rather
2: have the wide receiver weapon there Hey, and, give him give, give hell, Corey Keep on going
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't Because I can go Calvin, Jordy, come back And get out for more from Austin, the 3rd as a <laughs> all be one You. I don't think you should let somebody sit down at the table And start like that
2: <laughs> you, exactly. You're doing
3: a league. Of, you're doing a league of disservice. <laughs> we're,
2: we're, re- we're really.
1: You're, you're, you're really. Uh, you're, you, you need to pump the brakes a little on Alpha Morse, though. I mean, what, what did you see really? last year? What did you see from, Here we go. This is good. non receptions. I mean, what, what, did, what did you? What did you like there? You know. Uh, okay. How many touchdowns? Series? He
3: has seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. How many? So that's seven touchdowns. touchdowns. I mean, this year you give me 10 touchdowns because the offense is better, so it's more opportunities near the goal line. You give me 10 yeah. touchdowns, 1,300 yards. He's not a 300-carry back, not in Jay Gruden's offense, not with all those weapons in the air. He's going to finish off a lot of drives, though, and he's still going to be an integral part of that offense. In the yeah, third round, true. you can't get running backs like that. Except The only thing, the knock against him is he doesn't catch any passes.
1: He doesn't catch passes, he's not one of my guys. But you know, I do look at his yards per carry and I'm impressed. I come away impressed right now from this conversation. I mean that having averaging four and a half four point over four and a half yards per carry in that offense last year, that seems pretty remarkable to me really. Not easy there you to go, do,
3: but he was their best player on offense. No well, P. A. Garcon was their best player on offense last year. He was number yeah. two.
1: Yeah, it was he he was he is he finished his R B twenty last year. And he, and it will be better this year, right? I think we agree that it will be better. But he shouldn't be drafted uh, much later than, you know, in that 15 to 20 range. He should still be drafted somewhere in there. And that's, that's where he is being drafted in high-stakes ADP. He's being drafted at RB15 right now.
3: Yeah, I think so. that's too low. Okay.
1: Well, look, that's that's why you're the executive fantasy executive Corey Parson from Sirius XM Radio joining uh, Scott and Mike here. We're talking about fantasy and NFL MVP. The crew in the chat room, uh, thank you guys for being here tonight. We got a couple of guys that we didn't. Uh, we touched on McCoy. We touched on Charles. The name we really haven't talked about is Adrian Peterson. Now, is there any faith in the community? And, and I'll start with you, Corey. Any faith in the in, in you uh, in Adrian Peterson being uh, returning to the fantasy MVP? I'm I
3: think he can do it, clearly, because of the talent is so real. Maybe one of the most talented players in, in, in the NFL. Not to mention the fact you got North Turner there. And when North Turner's in the situation, you see what he does with these running backs. You see LaDarion Thompson. You see Emma Smith. You see all the greats. The, 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 not only you got a big play wide receiver down the field, you also got the running back at the backfield that like catch passes, work horse runner, and, 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 and goal line, everything. And Adrian Peterson is a total package when it comes to that. It's going to be freezing cold late in the season. And Adrian Peterson is going to run a whole season, and he's probably not going to have much help. I know your man Teddy Bichroder is out there, and Mm -hmm. everybody's in love with Cordero Patterson. That's still Adrian Peterson's show, and North Turner's still going to put the ball in Adrian Peterson's hands. If that team's not in playoff contention, when you get to weeks 14, 15, and 16, Adrian Peterson might be limited. That's all I'm saying. I like him. Don't get me wrong. He'll get you to week 14, 15, and 16. Can you depend on him those weeks?
2: Yeah. Exactly, uh, Corey. Playing
3: uh, outside this back. year too, outside in the freezing cold in Minnesota. Yeah.
2: You, know, you know, that that's a great point uh, to get us uh, from week one to week uh, twelve, thirteen, and uh, into the playoffs. Um, that that's an outstanding point because At <laughs> is going to be stud. He's going to be stud and uh, stud throughout. So uh, can he? Get, can, can he? Can he? Can he get you throughout the the rest of the season? Uh, I mean, that's awesome. No, that's profound. <laughs> no,
1: no, look, <laughs> I, I think you, I think I think you are discounting Teddy Bridgewater though, my man. Yeah, he knows how to hand the ball that. off. He knows how to hand the ball off in Louisville. They, they wanted to, they they ran the ball quite a bit, and he will uh, he will keep defenses honest. Trust me. Trust me can when I say get, Teddy can Bridgewater. He get,
3: can he get? Is he going to be looking at eight man front
1: Well, I, look, I think Greg Jennings is a little uh, underrated right now because I agree I don't think people are, are giving him much of a chance, and he's still, uh, he's still got a little bit left in the tank here. He just needs a quarterback that can keep defenses honest, and Kyle Rudolph, uh, another weapon out there, so you got Patterson, Jennings, and Rudolph oh. with a good quarterback, can keep defenses honest and keep that eight in the box from happening, right. Uh, I, because I don't think, I don't think, I, mean, I think you need one more piece, though. I'd like to have one more piece on that offense, and I don't know if it's well, already there on the team or if they or if they need to bring it in. But. See,
3: now, Scott, this is, this is why I upset you. I think they need one more piece, and it could be a veteran quarterback.
2: <laughs> yeah. I hate to say Bro, that. I,
3: that could be the piece they're missing, the veteran quarterback.
2: Yeah, you know uh, what? I kind of agree, Corey. Uh, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a work in progress because this team. The Minnesota Vikings, if they, if they win more than four games, I'll be shocked.
3: Oh, boy. <laughs> Atkins is not going to like that. But I'm saying, gonna is win. he
1: going to have an RG3-type rookie season? It well, won't happen. No. Uh, look, here's what's going to happen. Uh, you're you're, you're going to have to leave the team in, in the veterans' uh, castle's hands uh, for the first five weeks. Have you seen the schedule? I, I mean, yeah. have, have you seen the Vikings' brutal brutal schedule in the beginning? Uh, it's not something that you want to throw Teddy Bridge. I mean, I don't think you would want to throw your 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 quarterback
0: no uh, to the wolves
1: Scott, we to the wolves like yeah, that. We, let me let, let me let me tell you the schedule real quick before you cut me off, jerk. At St. Louis, <laughs> at St. Louis, <laughs> New England, at New Orleans, Atlanta, at Green Bay. Okay, there's five games. If they come out of there with two wins, I'll be shocked. Right. Five games uh, right off the bat, and then you get Detroit Week Six. I think that's the game that they put Teddy Bridgewater into there. You know, they 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 put him in. So around week game five, at? Week Six, Week Seven. Where's that uh, game? Detroit. At? Detroit is in Minnesota.
3: Yeah. Then you, then you make an excellent point. That could yeah. very well be the game you see Teddy Bridgewater at home game against a division rival. That's who knows what the lines are going to be. I mean, they're all over the place. But yeah. I, I think that very well could be the game. You always want to bring the rookie quarterback in at home. Interesting. Listen, I'm rooting for the kid, but and AP is still a guy. But when you're playing for the whole thing, I just don't know if AP is going to be playing how much he's how much work he's going to get in 14, 15, and
2: 16.
3: I All love right. him though. He'll From, get you there.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. We're, gotcha. we're gotcha. out of time. We're out of time. Make, we've got to
1: have. We've got to have your votes for Fantasy MVP of the 2014 season. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you.
2: Uh, shoot, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Jamal Charles.
1: All right, Mike's got the right. He's, he's taking Jamal Charles with the offensive line issues. Uh, Corey? You know what? I saw him I, I saw him
3: in January, in February, excuse me, in New York at the Super Bowl. I was on Radio Row, walking around, and I ran into Jamal Charles. And I said, hey, Jamal, what's up? You want to come on radio with us, talk with us, serious, X and fantasy? He was like, I hate fantasy football. And I was like, but Jamal, you're the best player in fantasy football. He was like, I hate fantasy football. I would have no interest in fantasy football whatever. Kind of broke my heart a little bit. But bottom line is that dude's the best player in fantasy football, and he's going to be the fantasy MVP once again, Jamal Charles. I love him. He doesn't like us, but we love him.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that's, that's the, 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 uh, the two, two of you taking Jamal Charles. And, and look, as much as I'd like to say, there's no reason why Peyton Manning uh, doesn't become, you know, the the NFL MVP. I'm not ready to anoint him as the fantasy MVP just because of where you're going to have to draft him this year. But uh, I'm out of time. I don't have time for it. Corey, thank you for being on the show. Go Pacers, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Corey. All right, fellas.
0: (laughs) you've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide with your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent please join us next time